Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. You know, I'm getting I'm getting my ass kicked. At 6-0, he's got riding time. He's got a, a whole lot of riding time. And I just remember getting that reversal and kind of feeling him kind of. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's five percent of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the one and only Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is episode 102, if you can believe it. My guest today is Doug Schwab. Doug is the head coach at UNI. He was also an Olympian and a national champ for the Hawks. So one of the best to ever do it. And this was actually recorded in the UNI wrestling room. My brother and I did it right before the Iowa-Penn State duel. So we were literally sitting on the mats as we uh, as we cut this one up here. So I hope you enjoy it. Fan of the week goes to my man. Get it pulled up here, folks. Justin Thompson from Sergeant Bluff. This dude is one of the coolest dudes I've met from doing the podcast. He's a coach of a high school team. Really appreciate you listening to the show, Justin. Hope to meet up again soon. Last but not least, folks, two quick updates on our end. The first is we're doing a happy hour at the Big Tens on Saturday, March 7th from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern at the Brick House Tavern and Tap. That's Brick House Tavern and Tap in Jersey. It's like 10 minutes from the rack on Saturday, March 7th, 3 to 5 p.m. We'll be giving away free beer, free snacks. We have a couple raffles, and we do expect this one to sell out, limited to the first 50 tickets, so please register now. Your ticket will be your entrance into the happy hour. Saturday, March 7th, 3 to 5 Eastern at the Brickhouse Tavern and Tap in between sessions at the Big Tens. The second update is Gable the Goat Part 2 will be going live on Tuesday, March 17th. This one will cover the three-peat of the Hawks from 1987 through 1993. Anytime I do one of these, a massive amount of work goes into it, and I can't wait to get it out to you folks. So it'll be coming Tuesday, March 17th. In the meantime... Get yourself refreshed on Gable the Goat Part 1, and that's it. Let's give it up for our man, Doug, the pride of Osage, Schwab. You've had 25 years, 30 years being involved with wrestling, and everyone knows <laughs> your brother, Mark Schwab, yeah. one of the greats of all time. Oh, yeah. um, there's a story about you when you were you know, way young. Of, is a Christmas day, and he decided to go for a run. And you're like six miles out of town, and yeah. he's like, Mom, just pick me up on the way. Yeah. Do you remember that story? Oh, yeah, I do. Well, yeah, my, my, my grandparents live in New Haven, and it's it's eight miles. Um, there's a four-mile corner, and we're probably we're probably about two miles maybe from, you know, when you get to the edge of town. Yeah, I remember it was, and it was a blizzard out. How and, old were you at the time? Uh, 
he was still he was still at home so i was six you know six seven years old um but i remember you know we see him on the side of the road and i mean he's he's a good six seven miles down the road we pick him up he gets in and we we head to christmas you know so i just kind of this kind of became a, a a norm for for me you know just seeing my brothers and i mean that was one thing that was instilled to me from from my parents just that work ethic but my brothers man i saw it growing up like these guys going out like i said it's christmas day so what like it's a day to get better. Like I'm not I, just because it's Christmas Day doesn't mean that I'm not going to do something. And, right. You know, I think that was instilled in me pretty young. But yeah, I I, I remember I'm like, because you know, no one should be out on the road. I mean, I don't even know if we should have been on the road. But I mean, you know, you you couldn't hardly see, but you saw him on the side of the road, and I remember he just got in. And do you think that's him. something where your parents told him to do that, or is there? Something oh, I, absolutely not. No, my parents. I, I'll tell you this, and my parents never. I can tell you one time in my life, my, I, I think we were sitting at the, the dinner table and it was about 9, 9.30 one night and my mom's like, you going to run today? And that's it was one time ever I ever remember her being like, hey, are you going to do something? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it, it, it came from us, you yeah. know? I mean, and, and we, we wanted to do it and it was just something that it was never them telling us no. Absolutely not. They were just there in support and loved us and that's probably one of the Man, there's a lot of things that you know I'm so grateful for my parents for, but that was one of them. And they never overbearing on anything. They never pushed us to do anything. It's like you want to do it, you know what? Then you better you better do it with everything you have. Right. And you know if you if you do that, then you have you you'll get a lot out of it. But man, I tell you the one time I so you ask if that was my parents. No, that was my brother 100. percent I mean, yeah. it's what he wanted to do. And he is, I've heard you say before, he's the best Schwab wrestler by far. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you remember him winning any of the state titles? I remember my, his fourth state title, you know, going down there. I mean, I remember watching him junior nationals. I remember in this, in this building, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of dual meets and seeing him and, and watching him and just, you don't realize it till you look back how good he was. Cause I mean, he's my brother. So it's like, and he's just smashing everybody, but then how easy he made things look, you yeah. know, and how, and we just happened to be telling some stories the other night because John Smith was in town. Um, so, you know, we have a guy that does our meets and he, he wrestled here when my brother wrestled here and they were on an S-bar team. John Smith and my brother were on an S-bar team. So, you know, that was an age group thing. So he was 18, 19 years old. And he said that, he, you know, John Smith was like looking around and he saw my brother and he's like, I don't know if I should be here because <laughs> my brother was so good, you know. But, I mean, that's... That's John know, Smith saying that's that. That's John Smith saying that. So he was he was without a doubt, you know. I mean, injuries... And what happened, um, yeah, it was hard, man. It's hard, and it's something when something's taken away from you that is out of your control, I think that makes it even harder. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, for me, I got to, at least I got to be healthy. I got to go through my career. I got to call it call it a career when I wanted to. I think when it's not your terms, I think that makes it much harder. Yeah. But, yeah, he was, his, his, you know, his picture, his name would be on the wall. He would... You know, there's there's one gold medal out there. I I I 100% firmly believe there'd be another one, wow. um, it, without him. And that's not just my brother. I mean, like I said, you you can talk to anyone that was around that time how good he was. Yeah. Um, was he so, always a mental coach extraordinaire like he is now with the sports psychology? Uh, you know, he's always had a way with words. You know, I mean, my brother and I have you know I have notes from him from from when I was when I was a kid. Um, you know, I've got stuff with, he, you know, he'd write down in books and he's got really small handwriting, but I mean, yeah, just, I think just really getting in tune with himself, mm-hmm. you know, and that's sometimes what people, what I've kind of been doing more and more, I'm uh, kind of going through some of these things that my wife's been interviewing me, you kind of go back and you kind of figuring out some things about yourself a little bit, but I mean, he's very in tune with himself and, and, 
you know, he was a, he was at the top of the game. And then you get an injury, and most athletes have to deal with that, right? They have to deal with an injury or something out of their control, and they mm-hmm. got to learn how to handle it and be able to come back from it and got to learn how to deal with doubts. And, I mean, that's just life. Uh, but, man, I think he's just so in tune with those things. And then he has a way of how he says it. Like, it's kind of cuts right through. Yeah. It's to the point, you know. And sometimes I – that's what I'm trying to get to where – sometimes you overtalk things, and then you lose guys. So, like, you just – kind of be able to kind of cut through and cut to the point and make it simple and he does he has an incredible way of doing that so um he just connects with people man. yeah well I, when i was i've had him on the show and i sometimes you think obviously his career two-time all-american yeah not a it's a great career yeah. but not by the standards he had for himself yeah. but i wonder i asked him i go do you think that's why you're able to communicate so effectively now just because you had things taken from you and i, and I, don't, I don't remember what his answer was it's not the point but it's just Sometimes things that you perceive to be obstacles are obviously the best thing for you. And yeah. you talk about having a healthy career. You actually had a significant injury in high school, yeah. uh, your junior yeah. year in high school. What happened there? Well, I actually, I tore my shoulder my sophomore year. Wow. <laughs> so I tore it at sectionals. I was ranked, I was ranked number one undefeated. Uh, tore my shoulder up there. And then I didn't know. You know, I didn't know that there was a tear in there. You know, you just, you don't, you don't know those things. I had a labrum tear, and I wrestled throughout the whole year and just kept tearing it more and more. Um, Got second at state tournament. Actually, got reversed with about 15 seconds left. <laughs> is that the vet or is that? <laughs> yeah, those is vets. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was at the barn. You know, I mean, that's um, which we can go into that. Which there's anybody that's been to vets. It's the best place ever. So we're I mean, Illinois guys. I've yeah. never been. I've been to Iowa State's <laughs> yeah. when it's at Wells Fargo, but I've heard you compare it to to the West Gym here. I was with Iron said yesterday. He talks about the vets. Oh. What is like? What was so cool about it? Was it just a normal arena? I mean, what was it? No, I just. The, I mean, the people are on top of you. I mean, so you, you could have your whole high school. So your best buddies, your best buddies could be from me to that wall. Yeah, cheering you on on the mat, and then they can they their whole group could come and be right beside there. Yeah, and then they could go to the next match. I mean, it was just. I mean, you could have family members right beside the mat. I mean, you're you're literally you're elbowing through people to get to your mats. <laughs> And just the energy that it created, you know, and like, I mean, people, I mean, it was just like ants just, you know, they would go from here to here to here and just following, following the breadcrumbs a little bit, you know, but it was, it was really, it was really cool how close and intimate you could be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you lose that a little bit with the new place because I mean, I get it. It's nicer. And, you know, even we had just went over to McLeod, right. And people were like, ah, oh, I mean, it was so much nicer. You know, we, you know, we, we, we had room and I'm like, good. But I said, the West gyms maybe a little bit of acquired taste. But how many how many places in the country do they talk about being an incredible wrestling venue? Yeah, there's only a few of them, and that's what I try to tell people. Like, there's only a few places that people talk about. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, there's 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 another one in the state. You know, people talk about Lehigh, obviously, rec, you know, Rec Hall with, with what they're doing, but that's one of them. I mean, people bring up West Gym. Hey, I want to go to a meet in West Gym. The atmosphere is incredible. You know, and the history of this building, and uh, the romance that anybody that went through here has with it i mean if you see it kind of in their eyes and you see people come back and you see them go through that hallway yeah you realize why we keep it here um have you, you ever know. had coach cole out here because um, i know his dad yeah, yeah. legend here yeah has cornell ever come out to we, a we they came out last year and you know we got a chance to to honor him um and he got to see the room he got to see you know what we have out um actually him and sandy because i don't know if you saw you know this room is is named after him Okay. And Sandy Stevens, Sandy Stevens was the the main contributor to that happening. Um, but her her husband wrestled here, and he's like, he Coach Cole was a was a father to him. Okay. And he's like, this is a way for me to give back, you know, is to put his name on this on this 
on this room and make sure people understand, you know, how much he gave and that, you know, coaching is way beyond the wrestling room. Right. You know, I mean, the, the impact that you have should should have a bunch of ripples down the line and really help, hopefully help change a guy's life, right? I mean, that's what your guys' podcast, Wrestling Changed My Life, you yep. know. I think that's what, as coaches, you hope you do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that Coach Cole was a war hero, too. Yeah, incredible. It's, it's like he's done it all. I Stormed mean, the beach. And he, yeah, Normandy Beach, D-Day. I mean, so the, that, that legacy's here. That legacy was at Vets. Mm-hmm. You know, coming out of high school, did was the injury kind of lingering in your mind at all? Because that's a pretty serious injury in high school. Um. No, I think at first when you come back from an injury, you know, you're worried about tearing it again. But, you know, I rehab, I rehab like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like how to you... To the extreme? Yeah, probably to the extreme. Um, and I trusted my, you know, I trusted my doctor that hey, he took care of things. Um, but I've been pretty, you know, like I said, knock on wood, I've been probably incredibly durable. But I think you, when you take care of your body, you get sleep, you get rest. I mean, I think some of those things don't happen nearly as much. You know, mm-hmm. I always say I'd rather, I'd rather rust, I'd rather wear out than rust out. I'm going to keep using my body. Right. Um, and as long as I can do it, I'll still do it. Um, I'm really trying to shift my coaching a little bit to, cause everything's so hands-on. I'm trying to be able to watch and be able to pick out things more. You yeah. know, I'm trying to, trying to make a shift, but I still, I still like to get in there a whole lot. <laughs> well, when you got to, uh, and it's funny you say that cause when you got to Iowa, Gable was only there for a year. He yeah. was more in a, he was old. He had hip replacement, yep. uh, old and all due respect coach Gable. <laughs> uh, um, but he was, uh, you know, he was, he wasn't wrestling anymore. Brains brothers were doing that. Yep. You know, uh, uh, Gable was still wrestling. So. Was he? Oh yeah. I, he got on top of me a couple of times. Oh, <laughs> Dude. Oh, he got on top of me a couple of times. What do you remember from those goes? Just tough like as you nails? Get, you getting suffocated. I mean, <laughs> it was like you get you you get something free, you had something else. I mean, it was just, it was constant. Like, how strong he was was incredible. But also just, like I'm saying, like you, you would get one thing free, and then he'd have something else. And as soon as you get something else free, then he had something else. And it was just, and it, he didn't he didn't do a whole lot on the feet, but he'd like, hey, come on, you're, you're going to get underneath me. And Yeah. Yeah. I remember, man, I remember him being on top of me a couple of times, which was, you know, I mean, it was as a kid something you you obviously wanted to have have happen. Yeah. Um, and you know, being able to get coached from him from a year, and then being able to come back and actually coach with him for a couple of years was, I mean, it was a great experience. Just seeing into his mind a little bit, and then, and I kind of liken it like, unfortunately, I'm still playing checkers and he's chess, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm still trying to get to to those things. But ask him a lot of questions, just try to pick his brain. But how in tune he was with his athletes was incredible. I mean, just in tune, understand his athletes, knowing how to, and I don't want to say, I mean, press a button though. Yeah, press a button, pulling strings a little bit and figuring out because each guy needs something a little bit different. Hey, Bannock needs to come in at four in the morning. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, this guy needs to sleep. You know what I mean? And and he just, he got to guys to believe whatever he did that it was the right thing. And then, you know, the proof was obviously in in the performance. So I kind of, I'm I'm getting off a little bit, but, but, uh, man, Gable. She'll try to use him as a resource as much as possible and ask him questions. But the funny thing about him is, like, you know, he always needs to know more. Like, I need to know more. You know, what's because, like, yeah, had a situation like this. He's like, well, I need to know more. Because, you know, because for him, then that makes a difference. What the kid's background is, what, you know, all these things, like, it makes a difference when, in which kind of route you'll go. Yeah, he, so. um, I know you studied Bill Walsh. I love yeah. that book yeah, as well. Yeah, it's a great book, yeah. Um, and that he seems like that kind of guy in the sense of, you know, just knowing everything about every detail to the T. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe Jay Robbins were on the technique at one point in time. Yep. Maybe it was somebody else, but he was still overseeing it all, obviously. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, you talk about the different personalities. He would build Royce Alger up, whereas yeah. with a guy like, like we were with Ironside yesterday, yeah. he had just beaten Cole out in the All-Star meet. Yeah. And he's sitting in the bleachers getting ready to be pumped up by Gable. And yeah. Gable's just like, nice job. Yep. One word. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but he knew that because Ironside, like, okay, man, all right, well, yeah, I'll show you, you know. Yeah, because almost like, yeah, I expected that, right? Like, you should, you should be that guy. And then, it should but, be it, yeah. Yeah. So um, you had a marquee win at Carver. You yeah. were talking about Oklahoma State last <laughs> week. We watched the Guerrero match yeah. this morning. Got chills about 200 times watching yeah. it. Uh, do you remember that one, Coach? Oh, I do. Oh, I absolutely remember that How match. hard were you cutting to get to 26? Let's just start there. Um, I don't know how. I made it harder on myself than it needed to be. You gotcha. know what I mean? It's, um, they, changed, they changed the rules in the middle of the year. You know, they, they, unfortunately, you, know, you, have, you have three guys pass, and then we, came, we went to Midlands. We came back from Midlands, and then they, they gave us plus. Or actually, we came back from Midlands. We... We went down to plus one, and then they changed it to back to you know the plus seven what the weights are right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I didn't do it very well, um, and I'll admit that I told guys. I mean, I talked to our guys about that. Like, the reason I talked to you about this is because I it impacted me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't perform like I needed to, but I mean, you're cutting quite a bit because one day before weigh-ins, I mean, you could you could bounce a lot more. But I'll tell you the difference. Um, instead of guys cutting two days before, I mean, you know, you saw guys in this morning, they're trying to get better wrestling mm-hmm. before we're just cutting weight. Like I'm trying to make a weight. I'm not getting better at my craft. So I think it's been a good change, but I mean, I was cutting, I was definitely cutting some weight and I, I couldn't man. believe to see a 26. <laughs> I mean, you got iron sight yet. Iron sight though, you know, uh, he was the next weight up on that iron side was the next weight up. So man, yeah. So that was, that was definitely a big part of it. I mean, if, I wasn't beating that guy. I mean, as much as I want to believe I, I could at that time, there was no way I was beating that guy. So I mean, you, you need I needed to be that weight class and had some big wins. But I think you see a little bit throughout the season the inconsistency, and that was because it didn't didn't take care of my weight or didn't get it under control or was still bouncing too much. And right, then you get inconsistent performances. Now before we get to Guerrero, let's hit on Ironside real quick. Yeah. Legendary story. You get to campus day one, <laughs> state champ. Your brother's a legend. You're feeling good. <laughs> He calls you and like I was. Is there cell phones at this time, or is no, this a? There's no cell phones. No. He just called called the, you know, he called he called our dorm room, you know, <laughs> the morning of, and I remember calling. And then he's like, ah, like who is this? Schwab? I'm like, yeah, like you want to work out today? And I'm like, yeah, for sure, I want to work out today. You know, and I'll qualify that we didn't have regional training centers either. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like you're in a college room a whole bunch. You know, these guys now. I mean, we we got guys. They're 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 basically. I mean, they're in. They could be in 100 college practices before they ever step in a college room. They could be in a couple hundred. Yeah. I wasn't in any college practices. so A lot of guys say they didn't even watch a college match before they got to college. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you probably <laughs> did because your brother. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely did. But, but like a lot of the guys from California, like Jamil Kelly, he said, I never watched a college match until I got to Okie State. Yeah, Which that's crazy. Crazy, right? <laughs> so, it's uh, crazy what we're, what our culture, what Iowa, what we're exposed to. You know, I think right. sometimes we take that for granted a little bit too much. I try to get our guys not to. And even the kids in the state, like, don't take this for granted what you have and that we have invested fans oh. that are bad, that they love the sport, they support it, they go into the state tournament, they're going to local dual meets, they're going to a bunch of college matches, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he called me up, and I'm like, all right, man. You know? And I'm thinking, like I said, in my head, I'm going to be able to scrap with this dude. You know, I'm going to be all right. And like I said, I got my ass kicked so bad. <laughs> I got pinned. I got pinned. I don't know who knows how many times, how many points, gave up a couple hundred points. Um, but Is you two in there? Uh, no, I mean, you practice, you know, I mean, it, that's one thing. I mean, it was, if it was 3.30, if it was 3.30, and it really, at, a, at that time, it didn't matter if it was 6 in the morning, it was 9 at night, it was almost anywhere in between someone was in the room. 
someone was doing something to get better. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that's kind of what it was. That was a culture, you know. And if you had to crawl, there I remember there was a there was a little black box where they would run the cables in for you know to 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 for basketball games and that stuff. I mean, you could always climb in there, so you could always get into you could always get into car. There was always <laughs> a way to get in there. I've seen there was guys in there the whole time, but yeah, I mean, it's not no one's paying attention to you. You're a freshman. And you know, it was kind of like, okay, you're a freshman. You're coming in. You think you can hang. I'm just going to, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, I'm going to whoop your ass a little bit of mark my territory. But then, you know, as a freshman, you got a choice what you're going to do. And I just remember, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to come back every day and I'm going to, at some point I'm going to get to that point. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just through osmosis, you know, I mean, I've heard you talk about it. You know, one word that defines you is consistency and, you know, it's, it's tough not to let your emotions impact like your actions, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, custom model used to tell Mike Tyson, there is no you, there's only the task. Yeah. You don't matter. Only the task matters. Yep. Get the task done or you don't. Right. And so a lot of, th- a lot of times people want to be consistent, but their emotions get in the way yeah. of that in the sense of they're embarrassed. They don't want to get beat again, or they're feeling bad for themselves. Yep. So did not, how did you do that? Because obviously you've done it for years, but is that something you consciously thought about? Just not letting your ego or your emotions impact what yeah, you did? I think my, day? you know, my, my, obviously have my brothers and I mean, they're helping you through things, but you know, if I kind of look at my high school career, I mean, I was a one-time state champ. So, you know, it's not like things were, you know, I got second as a freshman, got hurt as a sophomore, got second as a, as a junior. So they're not like things were real easy, mm-hmm. you know, or like you, you just kind of won everything. Like I kind of earned everything in a way. Um, but I don't know. I just, I like for me, there's just, I want to, want to prove myself. I want to prove myself. And, and I talked a little bit, actually I talked I was talking to my team about this week, just being the underdog a little bit like you can make yourself the underdog but and you can put a chip on your shoulder and it can be a, a, it can be a good chip or it can mm-hmm. be a bad chip like you walking around like you're the man got to prove yourself to everyone that's not a good chip believing in yourself and you know like like a little bit just that little extra edge that's an edge for me mm-hmm. um so i think there was a little bit of that but i don't i don't know i just i, I like, believe did you ever in, wake up and think i don't want to work out today mm, no <laughs> <laughs> See, that's no. amazing because we've had champions on here who say, yeah, I, a lot of times I woke up and didn't want to do it. But some guys are like, no, I loved every part of it. Yeah, no, it was in, I think that's how I'm raised, you know, consistent, consistent effort showing up. Like in, I mean, that it was modeled by my mom and my dad. And, you know, I'm even talking about my brothers running on Christmas. I mean, it's just kind of how we did things. It wasn't, I don't know, there wasn't a whole lot of thought about it. Like, this is just what I'm going to do. Right. And I'm sure there were some days like, yeah, I mean, you when you're when you're training as much there's probably some mornings but for the most part man it was like all right man i'm excited to be here and i'm gonna get as much as i can out of it but no there wasn't a whole lot of uh i wasn't like self conversation with yourself like yeah i mean i just i just was gonna stay the course like i'm gonna get to where this guy's at and i know i i mean i'm watching and i listen i listen and this is something i use with my team all the time and it's taken from gable which you know people take from everybody that's what people do Mm -hmm. but i mean it's listen believe apply and that's what I do, man. I listened to what they said. I believed it. And I just went and applied it went over on. and over again. And that's, and it, there wasn't a second thought. Like some guys, I, I can even remember some of my teammates are like, uh, you know, you're going to do that or you're going to do this. Or like, it wasn't a question. Like, yeah, they told me to do it. Right. I believe in them. They know better than me. Like, why would I? So I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I know better as an 18 year old. Than Dan Cable or Tom are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. And you know, maybe that was a little bit because I maybe didn't have the success of these other guys, maybe four-time state champ and all that stuff, which none of that matters anyway when you get to college. But um, I've heard you say your retro freshman year, 
when you're so a true freshman year yeah. um that you would even do the russian saunas with the guys even though you oh. didn't have to make weight just so you could fit in and I be wanted, the guys yeah i want to do everything that they did it, to me it was crazy when these guys you know when when guys would be off kind of because you get towards the end of the season you know i mean you're gearing up a little bit with because the other guys but like hey i plan on being here right i plan on being that guy next year mm-hmm. so i'm going to go through it unless they tell me hey you can't be in doing this stuff or hey this isn't forward like yeah i tried to be i tried to be alongside those guys with everything because it just it just made sense right yeah. like why wouldn't i and i maybe i'm sure my brothers probably told me and talked about doing that but it, it was like these guys are doing it i plan on being there and that's what i try to tell our guys like even if you're not the guy, you still got to prepare like you're going to be the guy. Right. Because someday you are going to be the guy. And if you never are, then you're going to be prepared in it anyway. <laughs> but you really believe that. Oh, you yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, no question in your mind. And so that's the foundation. Fast forward a year and a half, you're up against Eric Guerrero. Yeah. One of the all-time <laughs> greats, three-time champ, yeah. California champ, world placer at the age group level. Um, you're going to the match. I didn't realize that you were only a freshman yeah. um, at the time, ranked like eighth or something. Late into the third, he, he's up big. I think he's like six zero. Then you get that. Was there a reversal in the yeah, second? Yeah, reverse right at the end of the second period, yeah. Okay, so tide's yeah. changing a little bit. Yep. Um, just what do you remember about that last period, the first time Carver well, really got behind you? I remember we wrestled that, that spring, too, like the Espoir, and I think he beat me like 5-2, and I got the last takedown. I just kind of remember being able to like at least stay in the match, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could hear the crowd. I mean, it was a – I want to say it was maybe a Valentine's Day duel. And the crowd, the crowd, the crowd was into it. I mean, Jurgens had just lost, and then he ended up getting majored. Mm-hmm. And then you he know, did. I'm getting, I'm getting my ass kicked. At six zero, he's got riding time. He's got a, a whole lot of riding time. And I just remember getting that reversal and kind of feeling him. Kind of, I don't know. You can just, you can kind of feel the guy a little bit. And then the crowd starts to get into it, and then you start snapping the guy a little bit, and you start feeling where, okay, he's, he's like the wires kind of busting loose a little bit <laughs> and that's you know i mean kind of happened i mean i i don't know i just remember i'm gonna wrestle as hard as i can as long as i can and that's just kind of what it was and i remember jim jimmy kind of talking about me and talking even before that match is like you know you just you just run out of time you don't lose the match like you just run out of time mm-hmm. and like that's kind of how i wanted to wrestle and compete like i'm gonna compete through the whole thing even if i'm getting my ass kicked um you're not gonna the way you wrestle is not gonna change with doing it with the score no is. it shouldn't be the, the score right. shouldn't the score shouldn't uh, – it shouldn't change that. And right. for a lot of guys, it does. You know, that kind of talk about – so we go back to what you're talking about with that self-dialogue or, hey, being consistent. Like, score shouldn't matter. It shouldn't – that shouldn't that shouldn't dictate my effort. Mm-hmm. My effort should still be the same. Right. And I don't know. I just, I just remember him kind of – like, kind of – short circuit in a little bit yep and the crowd certainly helps that and you know he stayed I mean? <laughs> in the referee's position when you cut him a couple of times he wasn't going they hit him for stalling you can yeah. see john smith and pat smith in the corner going crazy it's just it's one of those you know those carver moments yeah. i know you didn't mention carver earlier so we're gonna say the, the arena that shouldn't be named type of place but uh it's just one of the great great matches that i've, that I've seen in that arena you know right with ironside Colat. oh yeah you well know I mean? you know at the time they said it was one of the maybe the highest like decibel meters they've ever had you know, in that building, it was, I mean, I remember it being loud. I remember like, I mean, it almost like lifting me up, like when the crowd, when the crowd got on their feet and, and people got to, got to remember that guy was, he was a national champ, but you know, he beat McGinnis at the national tournament a couple of years before, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there, there's, and he'd called, you know, Gable coach disable. And there was, there was, there was some other pieces, 
you know, just between more than just Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You know, I mean, there was a little bit like, okay, we want to make sure we get Guerrero too. <laughs> well, in the year before, he beat Mena in the finals. Yeah, he beat Mena. Yeah, I mean, Terry Brands and him battled. So the, yeah. the history runs deep with those oh, guys. Oh, definitely, definitely runs deep. And I'll I'll say this, and you go back to that match, like all men had to do was pick down. Oh, at the Nationals yeah. here at you and I. Yeah. yeah, here at you and I, and that's I mean in, in that building. I mean, all I had to do was pick down, but that's not Guerrero's fault. I'm just saying, like, did he I, chose top in the in the overtime? It was at that time. It was two. You know, it was thirty second right out. You got your it. choice. And yeah, he won the flip and chose top. I don't remember it that way. Wow, holy cow! I do because I was I was a true freshman sitting in the stands and I'm watching I'm watching eighteen win a national title. I'm watching twenty six in the finals. I'm watching thirty four in the finals. I'm watching fifty in the finals. I'm watching sixty seven and ninety. You know, I mean, you're thinking, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's that's you know, that's gonna be I'm gonna be that guy next yeah. year. Yeah, and. So. You talk about those teams. We're from Illinois. Some of our favorite wrestlers, Joe and TJ Williams. Oh, yeah. TJ Williams, great teammate of yours. Yeah. Is he a guy who would was like a grinder in the room, or he could turn it on? Like, what was he like in the room? I don't know a lot about him. Um, his work ethic. When he came, when he, you know, he, first two years in JUCO. Yep. Um, when he came in, man, he came in to prove a point. I mean, it was like I'm going to show you. I'm chip on the shoulder. You know, just like I'm, I'm the man. I'm. I mean, talk about winning runs. Like, if he wanted to win a sprint lap. He, he, he's winning he's winning he's winning them and he's winning as many as he wants like and i mean i just remember him coming in like i'm coming in for i'm coming in for a reason man i'm coming in and i'm gonna show everyone how good i am and man he did that first year I mean, and how he, talented was that guy uh i mean incredible talent switch i was just thinking about a switch the other day because guys are switches are coming back a little bit but tg had one of the best switches mm-hmm. ever i mean and people don't talk about him. I think he was ninety-eight and one. Yeah. I mean, you're one loss in your career. <laughs> ninety-eight I mean, and one. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. You know, I, and I saw the one one loss, but um, was that I at saw, Carver in the semis? Uh, it was a year before. It was a year before we were St. Louis in two thousand. He lost in the semis because he won. He won our senior year. He won in Carver. Right. Um, but yeah, TJ, man, he helped me get better because one, you couldn't stand. You know, I you you couldn't stand in front of the guy i mean i would have to i'd have to figure out a way to be able to somehow kind of wear him down and get to him yeah um so you know we 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 practiced some we actually competed i remember competing one time against him in freestyle um and still keep keep in contact with him yeah you know have a great respect for for tj and um know his wife know his kids you know know his his son his son is doing really well um right now uh but aiden just you know, I think about I have 10, 11-year-old boys having, if my son was going through that, man, going through leukemia and, and all the battles that he's been having, I mean, I can't imagine what, what you're going through as a parent, you know. So just always kind of reaching out and trying to support those guys. We had him, actually had him back for a meet and yeah. the other, you know, last year and got to have him around, and it, it was a pretty cool thing. So, um, That's okay. We'll keep going. We can cut it out. Yeah. And the one thing I didn't know is that Bill Wick, his coach, one of the great legends yeah. in Chicago yeah. wrestling, he wrestled here. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. A national champ, couple time, couple time national champion. Was, they had, well, they had Cole, Nelson, Wick. I mean, so I remember when I started, I got the job and I started calling some guys, and Bill Wick was one of them. And I was like, I got to find some more Bills because we had, you know, I mean, Cole, Cole was gone at the time, but Bill Nelson was still around. I mean, so you start calling, and then Bill Dotson was – he was a little bit later. But, I mean, we – you know, you had three guys in that time that were – Bill Smith, I mean, that was an Olympic and couple-time national champion. So, yeah, he said, I, I need to find need to find a couple bills. But, yeah, he, he, he wrestled here and um, – He was in the know. corner for Gabe in the Olympics. I yep. mean, he – And actually, one of our uh, – a kid that came from Illinois, Rudy Yates, Bill coached him. 
coached him his freshman year, and I remember I'll never forget that and that he told him before he went out he went out for state finals his freshman year. He's like, he's like, there's six billion people in the world, man. You think this match really matters? You know, just kind of like, you know, like, dude, don't make it such a big deal. Yeah. Like, yeah, wrestling's important. He put a lot into it, but man, there's 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 six billion people that they don't even know this is going on. Such a great point. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, that stuck with me. He's like, he told me that, and he's like, ah, and and. You know, I mean, you've used that before. I've heard, you know, I've my brothers talk about that. And, like, sometimes, you know, we get in, you know, we we get a little too caught up in some of those things, man. So I try to go back in things that I can control. Mm-hmm. And effort is obviously one that how I treat people is one of them. And that's stuff I talk to our team about too, man. How you treat your teammates, how you treat teammates after win or loss, or how you are with your fan, the fans and your family after win or loss, it should be the same. Yep. And I saw the text that Allison had posted on twitter you probably yeah. didn't even know she was doing that when yeah. your son had lost <laughs> and i've heard you talk about this a lot where when you were at iowa you kind of almost felt that there was a culture where you had to sulk for months at a time you were the different you were different on that you had perspective and you said what the heck is sulking after the olympics or after the 2001 nationals going to do for me yeah and like it's kind of crazy that the iowa culture almost encouraged sulking for months on end, locking yourself in a room like when did you start to have that perspective that that's not uh, the way to do it well it, it changed it shift because I mean, I did it, and I have told the guys, I'm like, dude, I did it this way. It didn't help. When was that you did that? Uh, oh, I mean, I definitely, I definitely did it. I did it. I mean, I did it throughout my college career at times, but, I mean, the good thing was is I think my, rebound, my rebounds were, were quick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you had to get to the next thing. So, I mean, I wouldn't say – I'd say the guys got back to work. You know, they, they stalked about it, and they, they carried it, but I think they tried to carry it to, to kind of propel them. But sometimes that can be – that could be a negative thing too, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. So locking yourself in a room, as you know, as much as something means to you, time's going to continue to move. So which way am I going to move with it? So I've really used that, and I've tried to I've tried to use that with our team, and I'm trying to find the balance because you know you see a guy and they lose, and then they're 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 sitting on the sidelines and they're almost jacking around, and you're like, Dude, what the what, heck? You know what the heck? But everyone does it different. I and I can I want to say it was. Uh, well, John Smith's brother, you know, that Pat was the fourth time. I remember him kind of talking about, like, I lost. What can I do about it anymore? Like, I got to learn from it and move forward. Like, me sitting and pouting in the corner, is that really going to help? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've tried to model that now, and I try to do the same thing. If we happen to lose and do it, like, I'm the same. But, you know, we same win or lose, man, we got to get back to work. Um, but I, it definitely shifted. I did, I did a bad job after Olympics. Did a bad job. Like, I – in in you know you said like some of those experiences you learn from and you got to learn for yourself and you got to go through some of those things like as much as I want to help my guys and sometimes you sometimes they got to get that bumpy road right to yeah. really learn it um so yeah. I don't know if I'm really answering the question or not but yeah my perspective changed absolutely it it has because sometimes that's for a show too it's like I got to throw this big fit because people expect me to to you know kick stuff and run off and and go go throw a fit in the corner like that's just being to to me now and I've done it it's just being a baby mm-hmm. like dude be a man go go over there give some respect to your opponent hey you beat me good job I'm going back to work and I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna be better next time mm-hmm. and that's what I told my boys like they're gonna lose a whole lot of matches right like if they're if they're if their only reason they're wrestling is because you know, they wanted to get that eagle. That's that's not enough. <laughs> right. It's who it, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I go wrestling, change my life. That's what we're trying to do, right? Amen. I love it. And it, the reality is that people who haven't done sports, 
you know, we're obviously partial to wrestling, but if yeah. you haven't, you know, by the time you get to 25, 30, you're going to have a girlfriend break up with you. You're going <laughs> to lose a job, something. And yeah. if you've never experienced real pain before, yeah. it could be detrimental, right? So oh. wrestling is like a microcosm for life in that sense where no one's felt more pain than when they lost a match they really wanted to win. You know, yeah. whatever, it, whether it's the regionals, the states, the Olympics. And so that feeling that pain in kind of a, I always call it like a test environment because wrestling's yeah. not real life. Yeah. You know, like if someone dies in your family, that's real life, right? Yeah. That's, so it's a test environment for that. But, you know, when you think about the Olympics, right, for you, you mentioned that. Yeah. What are some things you would do differently now for any young guys listening that you just said, man, that was just a total waste of time. Like, I don't know um, why I did that. Uh, when, I came, when I came back, it would have been, it would have been done. You know what I'm saying? Like when I came back, because we, I was still there for about a week after, mm-hmm. and, you know, I came back and that kind of the flight home would have been like, okay, man, I'm, I'm, Turn the page. I'm moving forward. I mean, as hard as it is, because, you know, we kind of get caught up as like, I've, you know, I've worked my whole life for this. You know, I've put all these hours in like, okay, yeah, I mean, I have, but I mean, who I became in the process, that's, that's something that's really obviously life altering and changing and. I don't know. I just, I, I wouldn't have held on to it so long. Mm-hmm. And I think some guys, some guys will look at it and be like, you know, you need to hold on to that. But how you hold on to it is different, right? I mean, I, I use it experience and I use it to make me better. But I mean, when it's kind of a weight on you, then I just think it, I think it bogs you down. And then, like I said, you're, you're pissed off about things that you shouldn't be pissed off about. Or you're thinking about that. And it's like, I can't do anything other than move forward with it. Right. Um, you know, you, you, you just mentioned, you know, you know, a death, man. I'm, you know, like I said, my mom passed away in the last year and a half. Like, it is not a death. Like, yeah, I've close. heard it. I've, it's, I, I get it because, you know, Tom's quote is, you know, you, you, you win, you live, you lose, you die. But I get, I, I understand what he's saying. But, man, when you really look at it, like, that's, it's kind of, it's pretty, pretty, <laughs> very extreme. And we're very extreme sport, but there also has to be, you can put everything into it and your self-worth isn't hundred percent based off your results, right? Like something I can control. Sometimes guys are better than me, man. I just got my ass kicked. At, I got beat. I got beat at, at the Olympics. Yeah. I think was better than me. Yeah. And sometimes that's a hard thing to, even as a competitor to kind of at that point, he was just better than me. Could maybe, maybe a year later, could I have been better than him? Absolutely. I mean, right. you believe that as a competitor, but me just, and I want to model that as my team too. Like I tell him, I tell him my mistakes, man. I'm like, I've done it. It doesn't help. Yeah. And you can do it, but it's not going to help you at all. Well, I don't think, like, Kale Sanderson and Penn State would have that mentality. When you no. live, lose, you die. Oh, uh, no. No, absolutely not. And, and like I said, that, that, but that fits some guys better than others, you know? I just I said I've, I've lived it. I've been through it. I've done it kind of both ways, and I'm trying to find that right, that right balance and mix. I just think wrestling, like you said, at one point, it's going to be done. Mm-hmm. And you put everything into it, but... Man, I just how you treat people can't change because you win matches. I mean, I talk to that team about all the time. Like, I don't care what you win. Who cares? You go win a national title. You're not better than someone because you won a national title. Like, right. you just prove that you can you can do something at an incredibly high level. You dedicated to something. You can do something that very few people can do. Good for you. Like that's great, but it doesn't make you better than someone, and or it doesn't give you a right to treat someone a certain way. Right. And that's more, I guess, what I guess I'm concerned with with our guys. But yeah, I mean, I learned those lessons and. Man, sometimes I, I shake my head at myself some of the things that <laughs> that you did, but in the moment you're like I said you're like I said you let your emotions dictate some of the things, and I'm trying to not let. I mean, I'm I'm my emotions like because people see me and they're like, oh, you're fiery and you're out of control in the corner. Like, no, I'm not. No, I'm right. I'm incredibly aware of everything that's going on. Like, I got emotion. I'm in. I'm I'm into it, 
but I'm I am fully engaged in and understand what's going on. I see in riding time. I mean, all those little details they're not passing me by. Right. You know, so yeah. actually that helps kind of focus me more. Well, and, and you, you talk about great coaches. I know you're a student of coaching. John mm-hmm. Wooden's a guy who yeah. said he wouldn't <laughs> even have to watch the game because he knew if they did everything in practice, yeah. in his mind they already won. Yeah. You can say that out loud and not really fully comprehend it. I think he truly believed it based on what I've read and studied about oh, him. A lot of guys are not that disciplined to have that. And so it's, it comes down to the things you control. Yep. Um, and if you're doing those your utmost, obviously that's a win for him, and that was yeah. a win for Wooden. Um, yeah. Just I mean, tough he, to instill that. It is just that's it's over time. I mean, and you just got to get guys that absolutely they listen, believe, apply what we're talking about and everything that we do. You know, right. like really trust what really trust what we're saying, right? Like, don't kind of don't kind of you're on the fence. Then I mean, it's it's hard to get full time results, right? I right. mean, just it doesn't doesn't happen that way. So I don't know. I, I I know our guys are listening. I know that they're growing. I mean, sometimes I think people forget they're eighteen to twenty two year olds young yeah they're really young they really haven't young. experienced a whole lot of life yet and and i it's a little bit where the world's gotta like they almost have to be perfect i think they feel that a little bit mm-hmm. just because i don't know people don't i don't know i'd say like everything's so public now i mean any any situation that happens you know yep. i mean i try to guys man i give guys opportunities man I, they're gonna make mistakes i want them to make mistakes that's how you learn that's how they grow they don't they don't grow by things being easy and and the road's going to be really tough, and we're going to help them through it, and they're going to be more prepared when they leave here. And so much of it's experience. I know you said that, and you just said a couple minutes ago, sometimes the guy's just better than you. And one yeah. guy you said <laughs> who was just the best wrestler you ever wrestled is Garzone from Cuba. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did he ever win a medal, or did he do he, the, he won a bunch of medals. I mean, a gold medal. No, because he got paid off. The Cuban thing, yeah. Yeah, he got paid off. He was, he How was, good was that, dude? He was the best guy. I mean, you, you remember when the periods used to be – two minutes and then if you won the period then you had to win two out of three i mean he was taking a guy down three four times in a period at the best guys and it's like okay man like you can you can do that to anybody i mean he was he was by far the best guy and i get matchups but if if he wouldn't have got paid off he could have won he could have and would have won multiple world olympics he just unfortunately with the situation they're in those guys those guys do that and like, heck, we've had guys say that hey, you know I got forty grand for this. That's like that's like four years I get to take my care of my family. Yeah. And so you know when you're looking at those terms, you know I mean kind of crazy. We, yeah, right? we can't understand that because I mean I, that's that's not the situation I'm in. You know I don't I could I couldn't understand that. And for me it just I I couldn't do it. I mean, even if it was four million, you couldn't do it. Wouldn't even cross why? your mind. Because well that uh, there's something inside, right? I mean you know you know deep down, and that's. I don't know. I got to be able to sleep well. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I would have a hard time sleeping while somebody's like, well, you know, a million dollars or $10 million. It's still, it's still the point of, hey, man, like I, 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 I in a way you cheat yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So. One thing I wanted to ask you before we wrap up here, Coach, is I was looking at your senior level results. You were battling in the top five, top six <laughs> from like 2001 through yeah. 2006. 2007, you make the world team. Yeah. In 2008, you wrestled Zadik. Was it best of three or was it two straight? Yeah, I mean, I, I won two straight, yeah. You did win two yep, straight. Yeah, I won two straight, yeah. So what do you think was the turning point there? Um, was there something you remember mentally uh, or technically or just? I think I think a lot of years of chopping away, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's kind of what it takes. Sometimes you don't know when the door is going to break down. And you just keep you keep chopping. I, I, I still remember, you know, winning the world team and just being just how those matches went, just kind of continuing to find a way. And they were, they were close, tough matches, but just – 
kind of found a way. I mean, sometimes you, you put yourself, you put yourself in there enough days and you put yourself out there enough times. Sometimes you, you know, you find your day. Um, and that kind of, that kind of was, and then was able to, to use that to make Olympic team the next year. I, I don't know. I mean, I wish I didn't wrestle in those rules. Those rules are awful. Oh, dark time for wrestling. It, it was awful. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't know if my results would have been better, worse, anywhere in between. I would have rather wrestled in these rules. Yeah. Just because, I mean, you would score a takedown and then it's like you're kind of holding the guy off. You're not trying to, like, there's so much more wrestling that takes place right now. I mean, I wish I could go back and wrestle in these rules. Like I said, I don't, I don't care. You can, you can take away me making those teams. I would rather wrestle in, in, in those rules and just see – see where you would have been, you know, yeah. but I just think consistency over time and, you know, there was a lot of people at that time. Yeah. You know what? I mean, you know, you said 2001 two. you know, you're, you're kind of three, four, five, six. It's like, you're going on year five and six and you know, you what's going on here. You know, it's maybe it's time to move along. And I just kind of remember in my head, like, and I, there's some things that I can't say out loud that I'm saying in my head, but like, okay, I'll just, I'll show you. Yeah. I'll show you. I'm not giving up on myself. That's the biggest thing because I feel like if I would have got to that point and I'm listening to other people, like I'm listening to myself. And I trust myself over I trust anyone else. I listen to other people, but, man, it had to be come to the point where, man, this is the choice I'm making. And I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to be done. I probably – the only thing I wish I would have done after 2008 is probably take a little bit of time um, and really decide, hey, man, are you going to continue to move forward competing? Because you kind of dip my toe in. And that's – you can't do that. Yeah. It's not, it's not right. So – um, but let's say like 2006 though, before you busted onto the yeah. scene on the on the world team. Yeah. Did you ever have moments of of self doubt when you're by yourself? You're thinking, oh, it's just absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being actually. I remember being down in Cuba one time, and just and actually, Fullheart was my roommate, and I lost a couple matches. And I remember I was sitting there, and I was kind of kind of you know a little bit of that that sulking. And I remember he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" your ass up like let's let's go sometimes you need that kick in the ass a little bit you know you need that we're like dude what are you like what are you gonna do you're gonna sit here and cry about that or are you gonna you're gonna get back to work yeah like and that's just kind of always been the mentality that i've had and that's what i use with my team like guys like hey we're gonna learn from it. we're gonna get better but if you ever think you're never gonna lose again like and that's like a defeat's optional right like how you use it i mean that's uh, yeah. but i don't know i just i remember i remember man even going back more, they used to see the top eight. They didn't even see me in the top eight that year. So 2007, they used to see the top eight, and then the next eight had to work their way in. So I had to go to the tournament before the actual U.S. Open. Wow. And I, I lost that. in that tournament to Tian Ware. Man. And then I got seventh. I'm qualified, and then I'm seventh. And I remember my first match out of that, the, the trials, I beat Tian Ware, and I beat him up. Like, I, I wrestle well. Then I beat... Jerry uh, Lawrence, then I beat Esposito, then I beat Freyer, then I beat Bono, two out of three, you know, and it just like it was kind of like that's a I didn't know that was I didn't know that was the case. That's kind of a Cinderella. <laughs> I mean, people talk about Jamil <laughs> Kelly's run when he beat McIlroy yeah. and those guys and yeah. Bono. I mean, you yeah. came as a seventh seed. I didn't know that. Yeah, and and like I said, like they had that that year, and I remember. I mean, just thinking like, okay, you guys, like I've been I've been in like top five like the last five or six years. And you don't even put me in the top eight. Like, I just remember, like, and it wasn't so much about proving people wrong. It's proving yourself right. But there's a little bit in that, like, and you know what I'm talking about. I want to give them a little bit of, yeah, you know, that. Prove you wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would stick it to them a little bit. But yeah. more than anything, it's proving yourself right. But, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a rough run, man. That was a, that was a, 
that was a good day, but it was kind of like, to me, if, if I could win a tournament and kind of hopefully describe my career, that's kept chipping away. And then all of a sudden, maybe the day that you didn't expect the guy to, to do it, he came out on top and then, you know, just kind of continue to believe in yourself. So I guess it's a little bit of Cinderella, I guess. Yeah. I mean, in the <laughs> sense of from the outsider's point of view, yeah. not to you, obviously, but I just love the, you know, the, the long view of things, yeah. right? And patience. I mean, yeah. you think about, you won the NCAs in 99 yeah. and then fast forward to 2007, yeah. you know, That's in a, your mind, you probably would have made the world team seven times by that yeah. point, well, right? Yeah. I mean, that would have been nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that, you, that never losing that belief is so rare. It's just, I mean, just years and years of working. Yeah. You never lost that self-belief. Last thing I want to ask you before we wrap up here is when you would go into a big match like that, yeah. would Mark say something to you or would you have a little self-talk routine that you would do kind of before um, each match? I mean, you, you know, I, I think at the end I got to where, like, I just kind of able to put relax, man, like you're prepared and ready, like kind of keeping that balance. I remember kind of when I was younger, I had to almost get kind of feel like I had to get ramped up. And now it's just kind of like, okay, I just got to be, I got to be steady. There's a little jump, but, um, I mean, you're going through things. I mean, I, I got to where it's like, I'm, I'm going to try to score as quick as I can. I mean, that was kind of like first thing. I want to go score as quick as I can. Mm-hmm. And then kind of kind of having a game plan that way and then just letting the, the match kind of flow from there. Um, but, man, I, I my brother talks about it. And I remember, you know, we talked to our team about it. You know, you kind of come in, and especially freshmen, they kind of come in with that dream, right? I'm going to be a national champion. Or they come in, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be those things. And then they, they start realizing how hard it's going to be or they get beat down or they get beat or something happens. And it's like, they kind of start to, they start to kind of loosen up on that thing. And that's one thing I'll, I mean, I pride myself in that. And I never really loosened up on that. I mean, I kept, I kept a hold of that tight and I didn't give it away for anything. And it didn't get, it didn't get everything I wanted, but it certainly got closer to where I wanted because I just, I never, I never gave up that, that grip on that thing. I just yeah. kept believing. And that's man, how I was raised and having good people around me that believed in me too, that kept building me up. You know, I mean, I mean, I had great, I've had great coaches. I've had great mentors. I've had incredible support my whole life and kind of instilled from my parents, man, to just to keep chipping away, man. You keep believing. And, man, I just never I never let go. And that's probably one of the things I'm probably most proud of is I never did. Even when there was times when it could have been really easy to do, just didn't do it. And that's why I'd stick with our guys no matter what. No matter what happens, no matter losses, no matter what mistakes they make, I stick with them and I continue to believe in them and will the rest of their life. Yeah. So. And it's like at some points of those of your college career, anyone's, it's like you're hanging on to a ledge. You got five fingers on when you first come in. At some points of it, you got one freaking fingernail yeah. left, and you're just whatever. You can't think, you don't think you can take any more, and then you have a good win. You beat Guerrero. You yeah. have a, a couple matches, and things start to go your way. It's like if you never lose that faith, it never goes away. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, there's, to me, you have faith or you don't. There's no in between. Right. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, it's and that's, that's that kind of, that's, that's how I try to, that's how I try to live my life and try, how I try to model my life. So yep. hopefully, hopefully I'm doing that and I'll continue to do it as a coach and as a father and a, um, no, I better appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate what you guys are doing for the sport, man. It's I awesome. have you, you, guys, on, you guys are, guys are telling great stories and there's so many incredible stories out there of the sport and, and what it's instilled in guys and what they've taken from it and how they continue to give back to it. And that's for me, man, I just want to give back as much as I possibly can now. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to wrestling changed my life.